Want to drive greater success in social commerce? With Deloitte's latest creator economy research, you can. After surveying over 500 creators and 500 brands, our insights are helping CMOs and marketing teams harness the power of content creators. And not only that, but how to do it well. See for yourself by visiting cmo.deloitte.com today. This episode of the CMO Podcast is part of our Leadership During Crisis series. For these short episodes, I am inviting back previous guests to see how they are leading during the pandemic, how they are addressing new challenges, and how they are providing for their consumers, their employees, and the public during these unprecedented times. Today, my guest on Leadership During Crisis is Suzanne Fanning, Senior Vice President of Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin and Chief Marketing Officer of Wisconsin Cheese. Suzanne is one plucky leader. During the pandemic, she volunteered her family to be streaming content about having fun at home with Wisconsin Cheese. And while Suzanne, her family, and her team have managed to have fun at home over the last few months, she and her colleagues at Wisconsin Cheese have figured out how to be much more innovative, and she'll share some of that with you today. This is my conversation with Suzanne Fanning. Suzanne, welcome to the CMO Podcast. And I must admit, this is a new one for us. You are the first guest who is the CMO of a category and a place. And of course, that is Wisconsin, and that is dairy and cheese. You're the senior VP of a $45 billion business. That's bigger than the Coca-Cola company and about the size of AB InBev, the largest beer company in the world, and Cisco, a big tech company. So what do you do? Describe your job to us as CMO of Wisconsin Cheese and Senior VP of Wisconsin Dairy. It's an unusual job. As I said, it's the first one we've had on the podcast where you're marketing a category in a place. So tell us about your job. What is the work? If you had to put it into a pie chart, what would those pieces of pie be? Well, for us, we look at it really as a brand. And I think that's been the huge transformation. The CEO who came in about three and a half to four years ago, I had worked with in a prior life. And so he immediately brought me in. I started just a few weeks after he did. And we decided that we really did want to build it like a brand. We didn't want people to view it as this huge commodity type of a, of a thing. We wanted it to be a premium brand. And that's what we have worked on ever since I've been there. So now we've got our own logo. It's on almost all of the cheeses that come out of the state. We have developed commercials. We have a huge social following. We've got brand ambassadors. We are, we're on the first page of Google. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. So yeah, so it's really, I would, I think probably the closest thing that people would understand is if you think about what wine used to be in California. So back in like the 70s, if you were going to get great wine, you would get it from France, right? California just wasn't even counted, but now it's wine country. And that's kind of what we're trying to do. We're trying to take this Wisconsin cheese brand from mass to class. And for people, like I said, to stop thinking about giant blocks of cheddar, which is what our research showed us that people thought about when they thought of Wisconsin, um, and trying to make sure that they're thinking of the most award-winning cheese in the world, which is the reality. Wisconsin wins more awards than any other state or country. So when you think about the other CMOs we've had on the podcast, and you know, I know you've listened to several episodes, you know, we've had JP Morgan Chase, we've had Kroger. 
we've had, you know, SAP, Adobe, many, many, many others. How is your job similar or different from those, if you will, more traditional CMOs? I would say that my job is very similar, but in addition to having the weight of an organization potentially on my shoulders, I feel the weight of the entire state because it is such a huge industry. And we always say that dairy isn't something we do in Wisconsin. Dairy is Wisconsin. I mean, it is it is our birthright. We've been making cheese here since before we were even a state. And so we worry all the time about the dairy farmers and making sure that we keep that milk flowing and we keep that milk moving. It's wonderful for us because cheese cheese is about a 10 to 1 ratio with milk. So 10 times the amount of milk goes into the cheese and cheese keeps. I mean, cheese keeps for a long time. In fact, we just released a cheese that is 20 years old. So um, it's a great it's a great way to utilize all the milk that's here in our state. So what's that 20-year-old cheese like? It is fantastic, and it's hard to get, and it's quite pricey, but um, totally worth it. And I think that's just another one of those things. I love talkable elements. Um, I'm always looking for those little nuggets, and certainly that's something that if you're a foodie, you want to be able to talk about the fact that you tried that 20-year cheddar from Hooks. But that's a big investment. I mean, it's also great to do at a party to say, what were you doing 20 years ago? How different is your life than it was 20 years ago? And that's how long this cheese has been aging. It's just one of those stories of obsession. And I think that's when you talk about like sort of the brand traits we're trying to get across, it's obsession. Everybody in the state is totally obsessed with making the best cheese in the world. And that's a fun story to tell. So you've been here coming on four years and you've been a year and a half as CMO of Wisconsin Cheese. So tell me about, tell me about this time you've been there. What, how is the organization different because you have come in in this role. I knew you talked about elevating it, making it a brand, you know, uh, ele- you know, making it more premium. But tell me before and after, what is different about how Wisconsin cheese and Wisconsin dairy is seen since you have been there? Well, one thing that we've definitely tried to do is, and this, and I'm huge about this, is is really making it about the people, making it about the fans. Because I don't think, no matter what kind of great advertising that we have, it really comes down to what people think of us. And so I think we've shifted it a little bit that way. So it's not just blurting advertising messages at people. It's understanding them. It's, well, before the global pandemic, it was about actually meeting them and sharing the cheese and finding ways to connect with them. And I think that's probably one of the things that I am most proud of that we've been able to do with this organization is make it more about the people. We have ambassadors in all 50 states now. We were in the midst of having having cheese parties in all 50 states. Consumers were sharing our cheeses in their homes with their friends because that's the best way to experience it. And that is certainly what the cheesemakers want more than anything is for their cheese to be enjoyed with friends and, and contribute to entertaining. When COVID hit, that was a huge piece that we lost was that sort of socialization and all of and we took a step back because we didn't want to get in the way of everything that was happening and then we realized there was just a huge need for people to still connect and still be as normal as possible. And if they love cheese, they still wanted to talk about it. So we started throwing these incredible online virtual cheese parties that have just had people over the moon and that's been 
you know, one of the most interesting findings that we have had is that we're able to connect in this way. And it's certainly something that we plan to continue even after this is all over because they just love being connected that way. Meeting our cheesemakers, going on a virtual cheesecation across the state. It's been a um, pretty incredible journey. Suzanne, uh, tell me other things that have changed since the pandemic hit. You know, you're working from home, I assume. But tell me, you know, how life is different for you, your team, your category, you know, your farmers, your cheesemakers. Tell us a bit about the pandemic and, and you and your organization and your job and your state. Well, now starting with the dairy farmers, they are still in the barns just as much as they ever were. I mean, they are out there and they're working really hard, which is what inspires us to work so hard for them just to make sure that we're doing what we need to do. Um, there are a lot of things that changed starting with just content, for instance, we do plan our content out a year ahead. So all of the recipes, all of the pictures, everything that's going on social, everything that's going into stores, it's all planned out a year ahead. And so summer and spring was all about entertaining and gathering and picnics and taking side dishes. And so all of a sudden we had, we went, man, we, we don't have any content that is appropriate in this world. There's no way that we can share something like this. And there's no way that we can just stay quiet. And so we quickly revamped all of our efforts. We pulled old recipes. We started releasing a recipe a day because people were consuming recipes like nobody's business. We really hadn't focused a lot on e-commerce, just given the nature of our business. But all of a sudden, we wanted people to be able to find the cheeses that they wanted to have. So we put together an e-commerce page, which in a month was viewed more than 100,000 times. And a lot of cheesemakers are reporting record sales. So that's been pretty incredible. We realized that people were focused on live content. So we found new ways to create content on the fly and tap some different people. In fact, my marketing team actually came to me. My, my situation is, is probably somewhat unique in that I have three children who are in their 20s. And when all of this hit, all three of them decided to move back into our house. And so I, I like to think it's because I'm the world's most wonderful mom and they wanted to be near me, but I think it's because they get three meals a day and free laundry service. So just, I'll say that. And lots, of, and lots of cheese. Lots of cheese, definitely that. Um, but it's been amazing for me. It's been like a, it's been like a do-over. It's just like we've reverted back to elementary school days because they're all sitting at the dinner table when I put the food out there. We have family game nights. We have movie nights. We have campfires and picnics in the backyard. It's been, it's actually been quite incredible, but I diverge. So when it no, comes to- No, it sounds to, great. Yeah. I mean, good for them. Good for you. It sounds wonderful. It, it really has been. It really has been quite nice, that, that part of it. So what's the most the most interesting and fun ritual you have with the kids now that they're home? Is it the fire, you know, they building a fire at night or is it board games or what what has been an interesting or has it shifted? Well, uh, if I'm going to be honest, I probably shouldn't say this because it doesn't reflect that well on me. But I will say that one of the most interesting things is the uh, signature cocktails that we're all making. <laughs> we, well, we didn't do that in elementary school, you know, but now they're they're all coming up with these fun signature cocktails. My son was whipping up grasshoppers the other night. We're into our cosmopolitans and just all kinds of fun and funky things. So we do all um, have a lot of fun doing that. 
But my middle son and I have been doing a Facebook Live series for Wisconsin Cheese because the marketing team came to me and they said, hey, we've been brainstorming what kind of live content we should do when we put together the profile of what people are looking for. And we want somebody who's, you know, cooking at home and sharing with kids and still entertaining and embracing all of this. And they're like, we want you. Would you consider doing a Facebook Live? <laughs> so I talked to the family. I was like, how do you feel about just opening our doors to the world? And they were they were okay with it. So basically, my middle son and I are the host of it. All of the other family members make little cameos, but it's been interesting. And we actually broke our record for live video views last week. So I'm going to tune in. Do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Last week, the one where we broke, we had promised earlier in the week that we would show them how to grill these great hamburgers for, well, cheeseburgers for uh, Memorial Day. And we had all these different recipes. And then, of course, right before we were getting ready to do the Facebook Live, it started pouring rain. So we were like, well, we could move it into the kitchen, but we promised a cookout. So we threw on our rain gear and my son and I sat outside in the pouring rain and and made burgers. <laughs> and uh, People loved it. They loved it. So... That just goes to show that sometimes don't worry about what you plan for. Just deal with what you have. So tell me what else you've learned about yourself as a leader and about your team as you've gone through this. I mean, it sounds like you're highly engaged. Your team is highly engaged. You pivoted quickly. You're being very creative. You're being very human, inviting people into your home to learn about cheese and your family. So tell me what you've learned as a leader and what kind of habits and rituals you might carry forward coming out of this time. Absolutely. Well, I've learned communication is extremely important. I mean, it's not like we all didn't know that before, but um, just because they had a very clear idea of what they were supposed to do and because we're continuing to come together in our big group meetings and in our small group meetings, because we had a very clear strategy. And I will say that although our tactics have pivoted some, we have stayed very true to what our strategy is and what our core, core purpose is. We just had to be really quick about having new ways to get it done. And so I think it's really important that we had that foundation. I think we've all learned that flexibility is the key to everything. I mean, we've had to be more flexible than we've ever had to be before. And that flexibility has led to just insane amounts of innovation. And I have been so, so proud of the team and the ideas that they have come up with and how quickly they have been able to pitch new ideas. Um, it's been it's been really amazing. Uh, one really neat example is we have really talked about the dairy farmers a lot more just because of the situation that they're in. And we want consumers to realize, to support, to buy local and all of that. We reached out to a lot of celebrities and we said, hey, would you mind giving a nod to dairy farmers and cheesemakers? and just let everybody know that, you know, they're here and they need your support. The, the uh, outcome was just quite amazing. It was kicked off by Luke Bryan. So he starts talking about dairy farmers. He had been here for a concert last summer. And so he kicked it off by talking about it. We had Mason Crosby, who is a kicker for the Green Bay Packers. We had Charlie Barons. I don't know if you've ever seen the Manitowoc Minute, but if you haven't, definitely worth a view. Uh, we had some politicians. We had other musicians. We had some famous athletes from our state and put together this incredible PSA that has really helped rally the, the state together. Um, so, so that part of it's been kind of nice. We produce signs. Grocery stores have them up. 
Uh, we created an entire Here For You campaign. And we did, uh, we were able to get some great advertising deals because a lot of bigger companies had advertising that was just not appropriate for the situation. And we were very quickly able to put together some stuff with footage that we had collected over the past couple of years and, and create stuff. So we've had more advertising than we've ever had before. So um, lots of different things have happened. Um, some good, some bad, but I think we, we're all stronger because of it. What would you say is the key to success for today's CMO? If you said data, you wouldn't be the only one. At Deloitte, however, we believe data is only half of the equation. The other half, story. Because data is the language of business, but story is the language of humans. And we believe the most successful CMOs know how to harness the power of both data and story. To learn more about Deloitte's CMO program and how we can help today's CMO succeed, visit cmo.deloitte.com. How is your category through this time? Is it stronger, about the same, weaker? I mean, I know premise business has you know, been slow, but I suspect your at-home business is going crazy. Exactly. So yeah, a lot. In fact, it was so much so that it was almost a problem because grocery stores were completely out of milk and dairy. They're replacing limits and um, nobody wanted to see that. Everybody wanted to see milk flying off the shelves. So um, it's it's been interesting to watch. And it does look like that grocery store shopping now is starting to level off. But um, one thing that was kind of interesting is that when times got hard for people. They wanted to return to real. So you see a lot of stuff about, you know, some alternative meats and alternative dairy and all of that. But what they were after was not that when it came down to a crisis, they wanted to feel just like they did when they were kids and they were at home and they wanted whole milk and real cheese. And um, it was a quite an interesting phenomenon for us. And to see how many people just talked about that and rallied around it was quite heartwarming. I'm eating more ice cream and cookies, so I'm... Thank you for your service. Everyone's returning to comfort food, right? And I'm baking. I'm baking way more than I have in decades. That's right. That's right. Suzanne, I've loved this chat. You've made me, you've inspired me. You've made me hungry for cheese. Thanks so much for this opportunity. That was my conversation with Suzanne Fanning. What I found noteworthy about this one is just one simple thing. She has a lot of fun with her team and her category and her work. And even in these times of COVID, pandemic, crisis, she is rising above optimistic and focusing on the fun and joy of her product, her service, and what they offer their customers. That's it for this episode of our Leadership During Crisis series. We hope you enjoyed this follow-up episode and found value and insight into how these leaders and brands are operating during this pandemic. If you found this episode interesting or helpful, I would be so grateful if you shared it with your friends and if you gave the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Subscribe to the show and get notified every time we publish a new episode. The CMO Podcast is a Gallery Media Group original production.